right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Dow Talk, your one-stop shop for everything Dow. This is Dow Talk Weekly, episode 26, and we are joined once again by your favorite internet penguin, Zero X Frision. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? <laughs> um, what up, everyone? It's good to be back. Um, I was out on parental leave. I, I biddled a, a baby. Actually, I didn't do that much, you know, but I was there. I was in the mix, kind of. My wife biddled a baby. Um, super excited. Glad to be a dad. Glad to be back. Glad FTX is gone. Hate them, but sorry if you sorry if you lost money though for real. But uh, but uh, yeah, we're cleaning out cleaning out the trash um, and uh, continuing to build. So let's go. It's been a long winter without Frisian. Um, if you've been listening without him, thank you. It's not the same without without our favorite co-host. But we're, we're glad to have you back. A lot has happened in the meantime. Um, I'm sure if you've been listening, we've t- almost every episode we've mentioned. Frigid in some sense, uh, especially with the with the whole SBF and FTX debacle. I think Frigid, uh, in my opinion, was the number one like anti SBF guy. And if we would have listened to him early on, we could have saved a lot of pain. But we didn't. Uh, we'll start off with a banger of a tweet from our friend, hopefully soon Dow Talk guest Vitalik. The notion of governance rights in air quotes as a narrative for why a token should be valuable is pathological. You're literally saying. I'm buying X coin because later on someone might buy it for me and a bunch of other people to twist the protocol toward their special interest. And he follows it up as a regular individual pay $500 to get 0.0001% chance to influence the outcome of some votes is just not a good trade. The only people for whom it is a good trade are multimillionaires and hedge funds, including attackers. We've talked about, you know, this, this idea as a whole, a lot over the past 20 some episodes um nothing new under the sun here but it it it, it's crazy that it's still not crazy it's still a conversation and i think it shows just how hard it is um to you know move move forward from the you know one token one vote governance not one token one vote but uh, having a weighted governance tokens model yeah for sure um i think i think that uh this this is a good this is a good articulation of like the bear case for governance tokens. Like I think I think of this, yeah, uh Frisian's little Frisian, yeah, little Frisian has been minted and is uh is crying. But um but yeah, uh I think this is this is the bear case, right? I, I think I think of this as like the valuation floor for governance tokens is basically like let's just use nouns as an example. Let's say you're just like super bearish on nouns, you know, governance rights as it relates to like the NFT, you know, what one noun, one vote kind of confers from a governance perspective. You can you can think of like the ETH treasury. Nouns is a good example because they only have ETH in their treasury. So there's kind of like this very clean way to like value the treasury. You could think of like the ETH treasury minus some kind of discount around like how hard it would be to sort of like steal and launder uh as like the valuation floor for nouns so basically like what is 
you know, what is the value of like getting enough nouns votes to basically like steal the ETH treasury as his kind of like one way to, to value nouns. And that's kind of what Vitalik is saying is like, um, you know, if you, if you put value on governance tokens, that's kind of like the valuation framework that you're using. And like, that's really bad and also bad for smaller people. Cause they'll never have like enough money to like, <laughs> you know, ever be able to like, put value on something like that and uh and i think like i think i think it's like a valuable point um i do think though it's like overly negative and also somewhat naive so um you'll see like dc investor jumps in here and there's there's a bunch of other people that jump into the thread with this point like this assumes that we'll never be able to you know use governance power and use protocols to direct cash flows back to holders um and that that's like if you if you think about governance tokens as like an analogy to equity in the tradfi world um the reason that people value equity in companies is um that they uh that that it comes with like legal guarantees to future cash flows of the company and i think there's absolutely like a possibility and maybe even probability that we are able to get to that place with governance tokens there's some significant barriers the most notable one being that it's hard to avoid having your token be a security under u.s securities law uh if you're directing cash flows from the project back to the token so there's some like legal work that needs to be done um so we're like not there yet but i think this is like yeah definitely it's like takes an overly dim view of governance tokens um there's also the possibility that the governance token can come with like other utility beyond just governance rights. Um, I think nouns are a good example of that, right? Like it comes with, yeah, creative license over your nouns um, and kind of like the art side of things as well. So I think there's a few ways this is kind of like overly harsh, um, but I think it's a good conversation to be having for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Tweet from you, Frisian. One of your first tweets back into the arena that is Twitter. Dow Treasury Management, a short story. Don't take unnecessary risk with the Treasury. Two, understand where the yield comes from. It's probably not risk-free. Three, don't have a trusted third party do it. Four, don't start with half your goddamn Treasury. Frisian, I think I know, but what sparked you know this, this very fire tweet? Yeah, so... Um, we're going to talk in a second about like, um, a major treasury management kind of Dow vote governance proposal decision that was made and kind of like what some of the challenges are with that decision. Um, but I think this applies to like really any Dow. So treasury management is a hot topic right now. Um, it's a very important topic. So a lot of Dow's like, let's use the Uniswap Dow as an example. They only have the entire treasury is valued in their own token, which currently doesn't have any fundamental value accrual beyond governance rights per Vitalik's last tweet. And so there's like a pretty strong case um, for a DAO like Uniswap to do something else with their treasury. Maybe they should like diversify into ETH or stable coins. Maybe they should like provide some liquidity of their own token so they can accrue some of the fees that are being generated uh, from trading the uni token back to the DAO, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like an important topic. Um, but uh, 
it's also something that should be like approached from a very thoughtful perspective. Um, there's a, there's a couple of things to think about. Like one is kind of the process of like how you approach doing treasury management in a decentralized way, which we're gonna, which we're gonna like talk more about in a sec. But the other is more just like thinking about financial management um, and risk management and like how to approach things. So um, for most of these DAOs, the treasury is like their only way to continue funding the project. So it's really existential to potentially lose access to that funding. And so if you're thinking about doing some treasury management, like the number one priority should be minimizing risk because the downside is infinite. Like if you think about this from an expected value perspective, let's say you make some smart investment decisions with your treasury. Maybe there's, you know, some level of upside uh, in terms of like uh, improving sustainability of the Dow. But if you make mistakes um, with, with your treasury management decisions, as you've seen in crypto, those mistakes can often lead to things going to zero very quickly. So there's sort of infinite downside. And so like, you're kind of walking into an inherently negative EV situation to start with if you're going to be doing something with your Dow funds. And so you just like really need to think about how to sort of like take the probability of that zeroing event down as close to zero as humanly possible. And uh, yeah, that, that, that comes with thinking about smart contract risks, but it also has a lot to do with like who's doing the treasury management. Ultimately, like, in order to make smart investment decisions, like it needs to sort of be like delegated to like a person or a firm. Um, you can't like have an entire DAO be voting on, <laughs> on like treasury management decisions, uh, you know, and expect good results. And so like that gets super risky, super fast, right? Because in DAOs, like there's no, when, when companies or financial organizations in TradFi, when they, when they sort of like outsource uh, treasury management or they outsource like, uh, you know, risk management to other firms, they have legal recourse if the firm rugs them. But in DAOs, you really don't have that legal recourse. Um, and so if you delegate it to them in a way that's not trustless, you're getting the worst of both worlds where you have no legal recourse from TradFi land and you're not getting any of the like cryptographic trustless guarantees. Um, so like you gotta be really careful and like definitely don't start with a ton of your treasury. Um, and so that's what this take kind of is about. Um, and something that I think we're, I think we're going to see DAOs make some mistakes here, right. Um, before they learn harsh lessons. So hopefully something to think about, um, if you're thinking about a DAO treasury going forward. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot and having a lot of conversations around just like funding in the DAO space and DAO tooling space in general, and just like, you know, like the, there needs to, there doesn't need to be, but like a path, like a lot, almost everything right now is like venture funded in a way. And I almost kind of think of some of these Dow treasuries that have been funded, you know, with like, for instance, like with nouns or like, um, the way they fund their treasury, like it's almost venture like in a way. It's just a different. Yeah. I think that's right. It's like community funded, but there's this like people are kind of upfront buying in with the, ex the expectation that there's like, yeah, future upside just in general for the down for them personally, which like, I don't know if this is where you're going with this, but like startups usually don't like outsource their treasury management to a hedge fund. Right. Um, um yeah, I'm kind of going that direction. I'm getting to this at the end of it. Um, I'm mostly saying that just because I think a lot of people and we can talk another time about why, but 
they're not placing enough emphasis, and I think this is why you tweeted this, Frigian, like on proper treasury management practices and really ensuring they're like as much as they don't want to treat themselves as a startup or a traditional corporation, like there are some things and business practices in like terms of burn rate and making sure you're able to survive as long as possible. Like that at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? You have to be able to be functioning and you have to be able to like operate. And if you don't have a treasure, you can't fucking do that. Right. So if you can limit as much risk as possible and not just make stupid mistakes, you're going to save a lot of hurt down the line. Um, so like, like when you were gone, we interviewed uh, Nick from Gauntlet who they just spun out a, a treasury management tool, which is completely autonomous. It's like the first autonomous treasury management tool for DAOs. Um, I would highly recommend anyone who's listening to this and thinking, Oh shit, like maybe we need to put better practices around our treasury management shit. If we can't trust ourselves um, to go check them out. And also just like, I think, a lot of people in the space, whether it's because they're engineers and don't have a business background or just because they just don't have much background at all because they're either really young um, and they don't understand how business works, come in and they treat it like a casino um, when they shouldn't be because you end up with nothing in your treasury and then game over. So yeah, thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a skill and experience sort of like Venn diagram intersection of like deeply understands where risk comes from in crypto and has experience doing financial management for a technology organization that the intersection of that diagram is like extremely small (laughs) right now. And so I think, yeah, much like crypto, we're going to sort of like reinvent it and learn the hard lessons you know, uh, along the way, as we've seen in other spaces of crypto, which is okay, but hopefully we can avoid, yeah, um, some of those challenges as as much as possible, especially for, like, some of the more kind of important foundational projects in the space. Yeah, I, I think it's also an opportunity to, like, that, that Venn diagram is small, but you can expand it if you take the time to, like, uh, broaden your, your skill set. And I think this is a really good way to do it because it's, like, if you don't do it, it fails. So like you're getting a lot of real world experience. I think whether like the space survives or not, regardless, like take that out of it as an individual, you're making like an, like everyone in this space is kind of making an asymmetric bet, right? Like if, if, if everything just died and went to zero today, right? Like, yeah, we're immediately going to be out of jobs, but we also have, gained a lot of, you know, real world experience, whether it be business, engineering, coding, you know, soft skills that is going to be very valuable to, uh, to other industries in general. You know, I'm actually glad you brought up this like asymmetric bet. One of the things that I think is really important to think about with Dow treasury management specifically is like, it's not about eliminating any risk of like zeroing the portfolio. It's about understanding what risks you're taking. So I'll just use an example, like let's use Uniswap again. Let's say they decided to swap out half of their uni for ETH. Okay. And that's like their treasury management decision is like diversifying into ETH. Like I think, I think like under, you have to understand sort of like the risks of that. There's a couple pieces. One is just like volatility of like assume, you know, 
uh, using historical performance of like you need ETH, you're basically like changing the dynamic of like what the value of the treasury is over time um, because now you're exposed to like the price movement of ETH as well. But I think from a, from the perspective of like taking the portfolio to zero, I think I think there's a pretty strong argument that you like haven't really increased the odds of that at all. And the reason I say that is if ETH goes to zero, there is a 99.99% chance that uni is also going to zero. And so like you really haven't increased the surface area of the risk of like zeroing the treasury. Um, you've changed like, you've changed sort of like what the volatility looks like for the treasury. But, but this, this like is this like risk of like taking things to zero in crypto, which is like, should be such sort of everyone's number one focus at all times, kind of like avoiding that, whether you're an individual investor or a Dow treasury, it's just not, it's an, it hasn't really changed, right? If you're diversifying half your treasury into ETH, if you're Uniswap, where you're basically like wholly dependent on Ethereum as it is, <laughs> like ETH, like if ETH goes to zero, that means Ethereum's dead because ETH is gas token, blah, 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 right? Whereas like if you examine a different decision, which would be like taking half of uni and swapping it into USDC, the stable coin, um, you know, maybe part of it is similar because Uniswap is still quite dependent on on USDC as a stablecoin. Um, so maybe I'll use a different example. Let's say you swap it into um, into into Dai, right? Um, there you're you're kind of onboarding some different risks around like the stability of the maker protocol. Um, you're still dependent on USDC because Dai is sort of fifty plus percent uh, backed by USDC, but you're also uh, dependent on like the maker governance process, you're dependent on um, uh, like the utility of Dai continuing to be strong going forward. You're depending on like the real world assets that back makers. So, still, probably not like one of the riskiest things you can do because makers sort of one of the more well established protocols in crypto. But it's just like a different. It's a different set of risks, right? So like that's like a really simple example. <laughs> um, in reality, like a lot of these DAOs are exploring more complex things around like. LPing and trying to generate yield from their assets, which like I'm not really qualified to like explain how to think about the risks of those like in an articulate way. But um, but yeah, like I just like you you kind of have to understand like what yeah like what risks you're taking and like if the additional risk you're taking is that crypto might go to zero, that is kind of an irrelevant risk to layer on, right? Because you're already taking that risk by existing as Uniswap in the first place, which I guess kind of relates back to your point about like the where we're coming from as participants in the ecosystem, probably. All right. Craziness out of ENS. Frisian, break it down real quick. Yeah. So um, we were kind of alluding to this, this uh, you know, uh, as, with our conversation a second ago, but um, basically this is like a really interesting, controversial proposal within ENS to do treasury diversification and also to use like a third party fund manager. Um, and there's, like if you're a DAO person and you're interested in like DAO process as well as treasury management, you should really like read this whole thread. It's crazy. Like there's so many like heavy hitters in the DAO ecosystem weighing in, even people who aren't ENS delegates on like how to approach this. But there's really two things at play. There's this question of like treasury management, which we just discussed at length. And then there's also the question of like how, right? Like what are the implications of like, if we're delegating this, uh, treasury management to a third party, like how can the DAO still have sort of autonomous ability to like have authority over that going forward? So highly recommended uh, 
resource for kind of DAO learning. Absolutely. Go check that out. It's we're we're just kind of glossing over it, but it's arguably the biggest thing that happened this week, I would say, in the DAO space. So so definitely go check that out. I'll link that in the show notes. Tweet from Kevin Owaki. Governance apathy is a big problem to solve in the next cycle. What would have to be true so that the median DAO citizen wants to vote? Something we think about a lot, especially as we're building content guild and just trying to get, you know, more involvement. I think the biggest the biggest problem even now to solve is like coordination and getting people to just actually participate in the DAO itself. Um, top response from David Phelps, our, our good friend at Joke DAO. He says, community participation, on-chain rewards, social, reputational, and yes, financial, gamified and embedded in Web2 platforms. Only one project working on this, I think. I wonder who it is. Yeah, the, I I absolutely love that about Joke DAO is like, that, that's kind of like how I think about Joke DAO is they're really just trying to tackle this problem head on of like, how do you make governance worthwhile, fun, et cetera, uh, you know, have upside for the average voter. So um, definitely would encourage you all to like dive into Joke DAO if you want to look at um, a project that's really, really tackling uh, this problem of, of governance apathy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure in the future, we're going to be um, highlighting more uh, people building solutions and just like contributors in general who are who are making waves in regards to fighting governance apathy. I think it's, our, it's not wrong. It's, it is the biggest problem that's going to be facing us in the future. And I think arguably it's one of, if not the top problem we're facing right now. All right. Seed Club, the word is out. Seed Club's fifth demo day is on December 16th at 10 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern rsvp now we love our friends at seed club they'll be speaking at the on-chain summit as well so if you're listening to this on friday which would be december 2nd um in five days there's an on-chain summit that will feature um the biggest players in the on-chain space protocols building um on uh on-chain protocols on-chain project products seed club will be speaking there seed club is not necessarily themselves building on chain but they are funding and helping elevate the users and builders who are building um products on chain really awesome uh stuff coming out of seed club version you want to highlight anything on this yeah for sure um i think this demo day from seed club is going to be a great way to really tap into like who's still building, right? There's a lot of, you know, despair <laughs> in the crypto space. Like the FTX thing was like, we thought we were like, you know, through all the drama, then it was like the worst one yet, right? <laughs> um, but like the reality is in many different corners of crypto and definitely in the DAO space, there's still like a hardcore group of people that are building and that's what's going to kind of get us through to brighter days. And so I think there's going to be a lot of really exciting projects that show you what they built, um, Seed Club. So, you know, uh, great thing to learn what the newest stuff coming out is and also just like give yourself some nice hopium which speaking of hopium we have plenty of that on deck at tally as well um tommy mentioned our on-chain summit but also you know more DAOs still coming on to tally right um this little corner of the world like on-chain governance is still happening um there's still a lot of high quality projects that are committed to the space and unaffected by just 
insane levels of like crypto, like CFI bank grifting, um, right? Like in many ways, on-chain DAO governance is like the opposite of that world. And we're seeing, yeah, a lot of a lot of action. Defrag DAO launched on Tally this week. Um, one thing to highlight here, like if you're a DAO and you're thinking about how can I become more trustless, how can I get the community involved directly um, through on-chain governance, come talk to us, right? Like Defrag DAO mentioned on here, you know, um, Denison and the Tally team really helped him out. Um, getting live uh on on tally and so um so yeah uh we're happy to help you get live on tally we're happy to help you think about open zeppelin governor we're happy to help you just think about like how to design your DAO. what's the easy way to get started maybe you just want to get started with like uh nosa safe and groups we can help you with that too so um just reach out uh we're here for all the homies that are still building so uh yeah look at that look at that participation rate that's nice 54 percent where are they I haven't dug into this. They're moving liquidity to Arbitrum. Were they on Avalanche? There's so many projects moving from Avalanche to Arbitrum right now. It's crazy. I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think so. Yeah. Maybe they'll move their DAO to Arbitrum too. We need right now. We're like live on Arbitrum, but there aren't any DAOs using us there just yet. So hopefully, these folks will move their governance to Arbitrum as well, and they'll be yeah. the first Arbitrum DAO on Tally. So yeah, speaking of Arbitrum, and we'll finish up with this. Um, they'll be speaking at the OnChain Summit. If you're watching, you can kind of look right here at some of the. Uh, protocols presenting the way it'll function is it'll start around 10 a.m eastern um, on wednesday it'll be completely online if you are not registered and want to you know get updated with the links when they go out um, the link to register interest to attend is completely free will be in the show notes but we got otter space badger protocol zero x splits air finance hats protocol dow research collective will be presenting a lot of their research and analysis from the stanford workshop that happened a few months back c clubs presenting there's a couple others disco reflexor um and then we have two panels one panel is going to be about permissions in a permissionless world so we're going to have some of the, the minds from otter space badger disco who are building uh permissions protocols across chains and then the last panel will be entree reputation which is going to feature david phelps from joke who we mentioned earlier or Aaron from gnosis uh denison our our one and only denison will be on there as well and then um possibly aaron from govern will be on there as well so two amazing panels which will happen in the afternoon and then before that we have quick 20 minute presentations around all of the you know top on-chain protocols and if you are not available on wednesday all of them will be recorded and uploaded to youtube after the fact so you can go watch them whenever you want get updated on any of the topics we have topics from treasury management permissions to seed club which is just kind of you know funding different things around the space so we got a little bit of something for everyone come for one come for all of them it's up to you it's going to be a great time hope to see you there virgin any closing thoughts on your return to dow talk it's, it's been a good episode glad to have you back nah on chain summit in the house check it out let's do good it to be back see you all in the in the streets absolutely the peace, peace.